want to take a quick minute to talk about mental health. As you all know, we are living in unprecedented times, whether it's the racial pandemic or the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, I want to introduce you to Hope Again Counseling Services, where transformation begins. Hope Again provides help for children, adolescents, adults, family, and couples. So give them a call at 410-698-8442 or visit them on the web at yourhopeagain.com to book your appointment. If you are willing to believe, you will begin to achieve and ultimately Hope Again Counseling Services can help you receive all that is meant for you. I want to make this very clear. I stand with Miss Naomi Osaka. I stand with Kyrie Irving and whatever or whoever else that decides it is important that they prioritize their mental health over a job. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Breaking Through the Glass Sealers with Uncomfortable Conversations. I am Brian H. Waters, the host of this show, the owner of the B. Waters Productions LLC media company in which Breaking Through the Glass Ceilings is produced by. For those who do not know, I am a once upon a time, I was a production assistant at ESPN. So I worked there for a couple of years. I interned at the Baltimore Sun. So I had my time covering the Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Orioles during the 2012 season. I also worked at Fox Sports 1340 out of Virginia for two years where I covered the Washington Wizards, the Washington at the time, our words, and the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles. I say that to say that I've worked in professional sports and I've covered teams. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, let me make sure I'm clear. I've been thinking about this the past couple of weeks, especially, you know, last week I dropped an episode where I talked about this debate show narrative, this debate show narrative in which we hear these some former athletes, some former beat writers get on every day and they talk about athletes, everything they did right, everything they did wrong. And I even said these so-called analysts a lot of times will beat down players and in some cases beat down one player to lift up, lift another player up. I got a lot of heat for that, especially because I came to the defense of Kwame Brown. I didn't like how Stephen A. Smith was going around calling him Kwame Brown. And he made it his business for years to constantly make him the poster child for failed number one draft picks who did not live up to the expectations that the media put on him. Naomi Osaka said this. She said that, you know, it was reported that she, because I'm going to make sure I got this right, that she was not going to be taking any media interviews after her matches and a lot of people said oh man that's not cool you know how could she do that it was that conversation right and there was another conversation 
that you know that they just basically said hmm all right she gonna skip the conference why does she have to do that who is she well the committee decided she wants to skip the conference that's cool she'll be fined and what did naomi osaka do she withdrew from the tournament yes she withdrew from the tournament why because miss osaka wanted to prioritize her mental health she discussed you know experiencing anxiety in previous years dealing with mental health challenges and yet they wanted to say okay yeah that's cool but nah you need you need to do these conferences so we're going to find you so rather than do that <laughs> she said fine you don't get none of me in the words of a rapper congratulations french open you just played yourself you just played yourself now anybody who's been watching last year anybody who watches tennis for, you know casually we all know that the must-see people in tennis for over two decades have been the Williams sisters. Recently, Naomi Osaka, a woman of color who's black and Asian, has kind of taken those reins. She's kind of been the person everybody's looking at and saying, you know what? We had Serena for years and we was blessed with her. But Naomi Osaka, that that's she's the next big thing. Hey, you know, whereas a Brock Lesnar, uh, whereas what Brock Lesnar was deemed in professional wrestling. Naomi Osaka is the next big thing. <laughs> and you look at that, you say, hmm. But instead, they said so she doesn't want to meet reporters. Well, maybe it's time for, you know, you know, she was going to be fine. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't blame her for not wanting to meet reporters. I'm going to get on that in a second. I don't blame her. But to find her, I think here's my issue. If she's openly saying, hey, I don't want to meet with reporters afterwards. You find a compromise. Why you have to threaten this woman's money? find a compromise she even talked about having build relationships with journalists she talked about that she talked about building these relationships with journalists she talked about just that you know just after you go through so much you're on stage for the world to see you cry Recently, before I actually recorded this, I was watching Joy Taylor's Instagram posts. And what she brought up was we get on TV. Um, you have fans who come out there to games and they start throwing things at people. Right. And she said, how would you feel when y'all be saying, oh, he's just a boy. He's just a kid. He just made a mistake. Just had some drinks. How would you feel if somebody went to your sister's or your mother's job 
and threw something at her face. How would you feel about that? So I think about how would you feel if you was working and that work day didn't come out the way you wanted it to. I'll use sales for example, right? I used to sell cars. There were some good days, you know, uh, and, and for me, I worked in a small store. So selling one car was a big deal. If you sold a car that day, cool. And you may sell a luxury car. I sold Kia's. But then there was also some days where you had a deal almost done. And it's two reasons. Here's two reasons a, a car deal doesn't get done. The customer backs out or the customer's credit doesn't meet the qualifications. But you have a good deal. You have it on the table. And then all of a sudden the customer backs out. You imagine having to answer a question from not your managers, but just some news organization, some stranger. Or you imagine if you're working in a hospital. You're working in a hospital and the media comes up to you after surgery and you're a doctor and that doctor just lost a patient, but he has to answer. He or she has to answer a question from a media scrum about that. So I don't know where this whole thing with, you know, you got to ask all these questions where, you know, these press conferences, you know, Journalists get a lot of access. Their job is to tell the story. But in the day and age where we're talking about prioritize mental health, prioritize mental health, why aren't we having these open dialogues, these open conversations with athletes? Maybe if you just talk to them about, hey, so what's, what questions would you like to answer? You know, what type of what kind of conversation, which ways there's ways to ask that question. Right. Um, but a lot of times when you beat down on athletes, or they come in right off, everybody isn't mentally strong for that. Sometimes people need to take a break. You know, some of them, some athletes will say they need to step away for a while and then come on back before they can answer those questions. So I stand with Naomi Osaka. I stand with her on this because it's important that we have these conversations and the French Open just played themselves because like I said, there was a core group of people that would be tuning in to watch her. Do y'all realize how popular she is? Naomi Osaka has 2.3 million followers on Instagram. million followers on Instagram, folks. That is a lot of people. But she said, you know, it's the best thing to do is withdraw. One, she doesn't want to be a distraction. And like I said, she suffered with long bouts of depression since the U.S. French Open in 2018. And she's an introvert. And and these are things she addressed on her Instagram posts. Y'all go check it out. On Twitter, she has 1 million followers. So it's important that we do respect athlete space. We respect them as human beings. 
I'm going to take a quick break. I got to pay a couple bills because I do want to talk about something that people aren't talking about. And that's the media. And I say this as somebody who has studied the profession of journalism. So I'll be back after these messages. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. And if you're like me, you're glued twice as much because not only are you doing your nine to five day job, but you're also podcasting and doing other things. Our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Back to the Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters and we know you will feel the difference. Are you planning a huge celebration and perhaps you need some balloons to make your event look nice? Well, I have the perfect place for you. And a symphony of balloons. Symphony of balloons will do all events, including baby showers, weddings, birthday parties, or that special anniversary. Contact them today at 410-802-1531 or email them at symphonyofballoons at gmail.com and tell them Brian H. Water sent you. All right, I'm back. Make sure you follow Symphony of Balloons on Facebook. Um, Shout out to my sister. (laughs) She's sponsoring this show. Her and my brother-in-law, her husband. Um, But y'all know, like I said, I am super irritated with this whole media notion, right? Now, it's two ways. Here's the thing. I brought up about the bait shows a couple weeks ago, last week. The whole narrative. If you haven't checked that episode out, make sure you check it out. But I'm also bringing up the media. And I've been thinking about this for a while. And I said, you know, I'm going to combine these into two shows. Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson on their podcast. They was always talking about, yeah, the media has this agenda. And the media has that agenda. I see people on Facebook all the time talk about the media this, the media that. I'm going to be honest. I used to get offended. I'm like, these people don't know what we do. They don't understand. And then y'all know what I did. I took a step back. And this is where the conversation may get really uncomfortable. It may not. I took a step back. One thing I noticed about the media. One, these companies, they're owned by a lot of white people. Or, yeah, white people who would rather see black people oppressed. And y'all may say, but some of the journalists are black. What people don't understand, a lot of times, 
it is not up to that journalist to decide whether or not the story runs. It's not. You know, um, I was reading a year ago, Stand in the Game by Adrian Lawrence came out. It's talked about catch and kill. For those who do not know what catch and kill is, you catch a story and then you kill it. We saw a lot of people, especially high-level executives, get busted in the speaking out movement. And what happened was we found out that those people were the ones who were disrespecting the women, you know, um, being the alter, ulterior motive mentors. That means, you know, you're telling somebody you're going to mentor them just so you can sleep with them. But then you also had the people who were, you know, raping these women. And anytime these stories would be close to being exposed, what would happen? You have somebody from a media organization that would offer hundreds of thousands of dollars for the story. So this is where Catch a Kill comes into play. I'm going to use an example. Let's say, y'all know the millennial media mavens. I'm going to use myself as an example. So let's say I'm funding the millennial media mavens. You got me, Brandon, Kelsey, Renee, Ashley. And Brandon is the journalist. And I'm the one funding it, right? Well, all of a sudden, I decide I can't keep my hands clean. And I'm constantly harassing women. Then, But people don't know I'm funding this. So they go to Brandon. And they want to tell their story. And then I say, hey, Brandon, this is what I need you to do. Offer her $500,000 for the story. But tell her she can't talk to nobody else. Else we're suing her. So what does Brandon do? He offers her $500,000. But guess what? He's the producer. Kelsey's the journalist. Kelsey don't know that I'm the one who's funding this, right? Brandon, the executive producer, is my good friend. So he offers the money. I mean, he you know, he offers the money. He tells Kelsey, hey, we, we, we want the exclusive. She's just doing her job as a journalist. She's getting a scoop. After she get the scoop, we got the story. Okay, so Kelsey's wondering, when is her big interview going to run? Brandon sits up there and says, hmm, nope, we're not running this. But what does he do? He tells Kelsey, hey, you know, we're not running this story because something else happened or something bigger happened. We don't think, you know, it doesn't go, it doesn't line up. We didn't get what we needed. And after that, the next thing you know, story doesn't run. She can't talk to nobody else. And we have officially caught and killed the story. That's how Catch and Kill works, folks. And that's what happens a lot of times. So if Catch and Kill works that way, have you ever thought about something? A lot of these athletes, black athletes, because that's when you think about it, you're hearing bad about the black athletes. This is what Kwame Brown was talking about. But this is the part that nobody touches or nobody goes further is. You got these black athletes and mind you, I own B Waters Productions and I own the podcast, but I don't own Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So if this gets scratched, we know why. 
But if we sit there and we say, you know, if we sit back and we think about it, all of these big time media organizations owned by the white people that would rather see black people oppressed. So doesn't it only make sense for them to always hire journalists who are similar? Tell the journalists pretty much we want to catch them slipping. Catch those people slipping. You know, um, Deshaun Watson. He's been in trouble, quote unquote, right? Been accused. I'm not touching it. I don't know where it's at. I don't know whether he did it or not. But then this gentleman, and I'm going to Google his name because his name has escaped me. Uh, But this gentleman on the Seahawks who beats up his girlfriend, Chad Wheeler, beat up Aaliyah Taylor and then said, wow, you're still alive. But we go, go ahead and accept that. Yeah, the story ran for a little bit. And I, I want to give a huge shout out to Michael Smith and Michael Holly because really they was the ones who like really went in and everybody else followed suit. But in these cases, most of the time, folks, these media organizations are ran by white people. So what that does is it creates a distrust between the black people and the journalists. Now, this is the issue, too. You do have guys like Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilborn. I know they're legends. Respect what they did. Understand what they did. But have they not said some things that wasn't favorable to black athletes? And quite quite frankly, a lot of them did. But I'm calling them out because I specifically, like I said, we talked about Stephen A. Smith constantly, constantly, constantly talking about Kwame Brown. Y'all may remember Michael Wilborn said pretty much with Sean Taylor, he died and basically was making the assumption that his past had came back to haunt him as if he was in the streets. When we all know that wasn't the case, Sean Taylor was killed by people who helped make us extra income, make income. The people who was responsible for, um, I believe, cleaning his lawn or you know, taking care of his property, the ones who tried to rob him. But Michael Wilborn was wrong. So you do have Af- black journalists who will, you know, go on the other side of things. I mean, look at Jason Shitlock. He constantly, constantly, constantly talks bad about black athletes. You know, people say cooning and buffooning. The guy sat up there and talked to Donald Trump and made it seem like Trump was the greatest man in the world. So when you look at those things, you see why there's a distrust from people like Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson. My question a lot of times to these athletes are, how come you don't give younger black journalists these opportunities? I give a huge shout out to OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. He's trying to break some news. What did he do? He called Josina Anderson. Now, maybe if the black athletes partnered with the black journalists and, and, and not the ones that you see have those reputations of trying to tear people down. Now, does that mean their play doesn't warrant criticism? 
No, it doesn't. You know, because there is room for that. But that's yes, that comes with the territory. But it's another thing to be constantly beating somebody down. You know, if the if the athlete wants some time to get themselves together, to get their head together, give it to them. Don't sit up there and start making up stuff. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith wrote something about Allen Iverson that had Allen Iverson the turn on him. That's like, and he even said, it, it hurt because it was from you. You know, it hurt because it was from you. Wouldn't speak to him for eight months. No, because he called out, a, you know, he called him out in the column. And what did Stephen A. Smith say? He tried to reach him, tried to reach him. Um, and but he had to pretty much, you know, he had to write the column because his manager was getting on, you know? So you look at things, granted, they are better together now, but that's what I'm saying. When you hear people like um, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson always say, oh, the media is this, the media ain't this. It's not the media. What people don't realize is not the media you no, know, it's not the journalists that you see face to face. It's the bigger companies. It's the bigger companies because they ultimately decide what gets printed and what runs on TV. It's not, oh, you know what? This journalist is out to get me. Now, there are some. I didn't put this on Twitter. If you're a journalist and you're out to get these athletes, why are you doing a job? And somebody even said they agreed. They agreed. Why are you out trying to get people? You try and jam them up. You know, I, I like, I chose this profession because I love sports and I like talking to people. I like the story of the game. I could care less about the X's and O's, to be honest with you. You know, sure, I'll look at it, but I care less about trying to score a game, break everything down. There's people there for that. I like to talk the story. Who's going to win? Why? Okay. What do they have to do as far as, you know, and you know, who, what, when, why, how. Just keep it simple. That's what I like. I like having a bar talk. I don't have to get into that deep analyzing and going into all the numbers. Not saying there's not space for that. Even with wrestling. I like talking about the product. And I like talking about the storylines. Okay, this is why this they did this here. This is why they did that here. So... We look at everything, and like I said, we talk about the media. That is the issue. It's you have a lack of one black media because y'all think y'all see faces. You see maybe one for every four or whatever. One, I mean, one to every 10. Like, how many black analysts, how many black lead anchors are on Sports Center right now? You know, Ellie Duncan, Michael Eaves, those two jump out the mind. Can't think of nobody else. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith may be the face of the company. But who else? You know, um, Fox Sports. Hmm. 
you know, and then you go, there, there's still areas in the country that's looking for their first black columnist, their first black beat reporter on certain sports. But you look at the games, you look at sports, and it's mostly black athletes. You have people who can't relate. When, when Jalen Hurts was doing something that represented his fraternity, there was, oh, he's doing his greatest Gene Simmons collection, uh, impersonation. And everybody went off on Twitter. Uh, again, you see more, you see, how, like how many, when you watch the NFL on the bigger networks, how many black people are you seeing on these games in these markets? That's the problem. I can tell you, I'm a part of National Association of Black Journalists. I see people more than qualified. Shoot, the people I named on the show, Ashley Baker, Kelsey Nicole Nelson, Renee Washington, Brandon Williams, all of them are qualified. I would take them right now and start a company with them. Because I guarantee you, we can cover everything. I say that boldly. Say it loud. My team, you give me them. We can handle anything you put forth our way. And if we don't know, we're going to say it. Shoot. Renee is an All-American athlete. Covers soccer. And does it very well. Kelsey covers the NFL. You know what I mean? Brandon doing his thing in Louisiana covering high school sports. Not just football either. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer, lacrosse. He's doing his thing for the TV station. <laughs> Ashley, Miss, let me just say this. Somebody else who's doing her thing. And I've watched her. You know, Ashley's the one I've watched literally come in and just grab the business by the throat. You know, you tell her, you can sit up there. I, I go to her for different things when it comes to the NBA. Okay, what you think about this? Do they have a chance? Do this one have a chance? So that's what I mean with my team. Shoot, I'll produce. I can, I, that's one thing I'm confident in. I produce on a regular basis, the wrestling realm, my church. I produce content for Johns Hopkins Medicine. I produce content I've learned from some of the best people at ESPN. Some of the best people at the Church of the Redeemed. Shout out to Tavon Lawrence, uh, J.J. McQueen, and of course, my sister who I grew up in the business with, Christina Allen. So that's why I'm confident in myself and confident in my abilities and I'm confident in my team. The real Dwayne Allen, my brother and my partner on the wrestling round, anything I could do, he could do and vice versa. Oh, he could do one thing that I can't and that's um, he could design clothes. <laughs> So when it comes to this, man, like I said, we need to see more of black media that's more relatable to these athletes. Y'all want the best coverage. Well, that's how you're going to get it. You know, I challenge all the people, all these black podcasters, these these former athletes. I challenge them to hire black people to help them produce content, black people in marketing. Black publicists, if they do, congratulations. If they don't, do it. You know, hire people of color. You know, 
So I'm at the half an hour mark. I'm going to cut it right here. Like I said, I stand with Naomi Osaka. I think we need to have a deeper conversation. We need to figure out how to transition players and athletes. But we also need to have open dialogue. And it's time for a lot of these people that's been doing this for years. It's time for some new blood. Time for some fresh faces. Like I said, you know, you see all these people on TV. You see the Stephen A. Smiths, the Skip Baylesses. Yeah, y'all keep paying attention to them. I don't. Not anymore. But they're going to get up there. You know, people criticize Kyrie Irving. Oh, but like nobody's really said, you know, has anybody noticed? Like Kyrie came in one year of college. He linked up. Kobe Bryant was such a big brother to him. That day he didn't even play. He didn't even play. He couldn't. And would you expect him to? He just lost his big bro. You know, that fraternity of brothers. He just lost his big brother. And then he, you know, he took some time to himself this year. And everybody criticized him. And that's the problem. People keep running their mouth, but they forget that what they do on the court, on the field, on the gridiron, on the ice, it's just a job. They're having fun doing it. They earned it, but it's just a job. How would you feel if you was doing your job and after a bad day at work, you had to come out and answer a million and one questions? Till next time. I'm Brian H. Waters, folks. Make sure you share the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this uncomfortable conversation. And if you didn't, you want to talk, we could talk. I don't have a problem with that. We could set up something on StreamYard, on Twitch, (laughs) and we could have an open conversation. But like I said, I stand with Naomi Osaka. Make sure you follow me at Brian H. Waters on all social media platforms. And make sure you follow B. Waters Productions on Instagram. And visit the website, bwatersproductions.com. So long, everybody. Shout out to Hypno Beats for the music.